Welcome to the Why We Try podcast. Have you ever tried something you thought you would never do, but ended up doing it anyway? That was me. I'm Caroline Gardner, a stay-at-home mom of three who thought I would never try something like a triathlon. Until I did, and everything changed. This is a show about people who dared to try something they thought they would never do, until they did. So let's go find out why we try. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, This is the Why We Try podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Gardner, and I'm um, here this morning. I usually am at night, so I had to check myself there for a minute. I'm here with a very special guest. Um, He is an emergency physician, Ironman finisher, triathlon coach, and the producer of the TriDoc podcast, which is, you guys got to check that one out. Um, And uh, I'm really excited because he has come all this way on Zoom from out west. And uh, I think it's pretty chilly out there. So Jeff, Jeff Sankoff, welcome to the Why We Try podcast. How are you this morning? I'm good, Carolyn. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it is, uh, we got a little bit of a winter blast here over the last couple of days. Oh my God, I'm so jealous, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's really hot and muggy here in Miami. So um, I saw some photos come in of snow. Did you guys get snow this week? Yeah, we've had snow the last, well, we had snow over Sunday and a little bit into yesterday. And I mean, usually snow doesn't last here for very long. It generally gets warm again and melts pretty quickly, but uh, it's going to be here at least for a couple of days. Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, Jeff is, is, is joining us from uh, Denver, Colorado. So uh, did you bring a special beverage this morning, Jeff? Uh, I don't know how special, but yeah, I've got my morning coffee because awesome. uh, uh, my my drink of choice in the morning so yes awesome cheers i have mine as well <laughs> cheers to you coffee <laughs> coffee getting us going this morning and keeping you nice and warm you're lucky yep um i really uh appreciate you uh for for taking the time today you're a really busy guy um and everything that you have going on um in being an emergency physician and and also a dad um, so I, I thank you very much for taking the time today and sitting down with us and sharing, uh, your story of triathlon, your introduction into it, and also the reasons why you try. Um, so without further ado, we'll, we'll jump in. Um, who was it and, and when was it that you were introduced to triathlon, Jeff? Uh, well, that goes quite a ways back now. So uh, I was finishing up my medical training back in 1999. I was uh, finishing up a critical care fellowship. And uh, at that time, I was kind of coming towards the end of it. I think it was May or, yeah, it was probably May. I was sort of sitting in the, I even remember where I was. I was in the library of the Montreal Neurologic Institute. I was doing a, a rotation in neurologic critical care. And uh, I had, uh, quite frankly, ballooned to a very large size over the time. You know, you, you, when you're doing critical care and emergency medicine residency, you're, you, you just don't have a lot of free time to do, you know, anything healthy. And you're eating, you know, what you can get in the cafeteria. And basically, <clears throat> excuse me, I had uh, gotten myself up to about 210 pounds and wow. was very out of shape. But... 
you know, I had grown up my whole, my whole life playing hockey and was still trying to play hockey with kids who were much younger than I was and sort of was sitting in that library and realizing, gosh, in a couple of months, I'm going to be finished. I'm going to have a lot of free time. Um, what am I going to do with that free time? And made a decision that, um, you know, it's uh, had that sort of moment that what I like to call the Andy Dufresne moment where it was like, get busy living or get busy dying. Because I knew that my family had a history of heart disease and I was headed down the road of getting into those kinds of problems. You were knocking and on I the just door. Sort of could, yeah. yeah, I could just sort of see everything laying out ahead of me. It was either a, a life of, you know sitting around on the weekends just watching football drinking beer or it was going to be something something different that I could take control of and shape myself so I um I don't remember how I found it but I found this book called Body for Life which was one of these like you know sort of like it was it was one of these programs about how to eat better and, and how to exercise but it was it was one of these sort of fad things where it was like if you just exercise 30 minutes a day and if you eat differently and I mean it wasn't a very sustainable sort of thing but it it at least worked for me to get me going in the right direction it helped the basics. Me change the, yeah it helped me change the way I was eating it helped me incorporate exercise on a daily basis and it 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 you know it got me some results and it, it at least got me moving in the right way and so over the course of the summer i dropped probably you know 15 to 20 pounds pretty quickly and you know and i was i was running a little bit and i i was biking a little bit and but mostly i was doing weight training which was something i had i had dabbled with before and had had success with and and once again was was you know enjoying um, I started a new job in an emergency department, and one evening we had a dinner, sort of a welcome dinner for the new group, and uh, my wife couldn't come because she was still in her training as a, a surgeon, and so I went uh, to this dinner alone and sat down next to one of the women that I was going to be working with, and we started chatting, and she said, you know, I noticed you've been losing weight, and what have you been doing? And I told her, and she said, well, you know you should try triathlon. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not interested in that. First of all, I said, I don't swim. And second of all, I, I really not interested in doing that race in Hawaii. And she said, well, I'm sure you can swim. And I said, no, 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 I, I don't mean I don't swim. I mean, I can't swim. Like I just do, like I, I don't know how to swim. And, and she went on over the course of the evening to explain that, well, no, triathlon is more than the race in Hawaii and anybody can swim. And, you know, over the course of the, the dinner, she kind of got me excited at this idea that maybe this was something I could actually do. And uh, I went home and uh, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about think I'm going <laughs> to do a triathlon. And now, in her what defense, was her reaction? Yeah, well, you guys her, are two very busy, very busy people. I mean, that's yeah. A well, in in her defense, I had just gone out for dinner and was coming <laughs> home now with this what seemed like an outlandish proposition, and so she just laughed at me, and that was it. I was like, well. I was thinking about it, and now, now I'm going to do it. And I, <laughs> I, I dare say she probably regrets that <laughs> laugh, <laughs> uh, you know, because of everything that happened after that. But, uh, you know, that was it. The die was cast. It was the beginning I, of your journey right there. Yeah. I, I went wow. and I hired someone to teach me how to swim, and I spent uh, 
uh, about a year learning, you know, getting it down. And I remember very excitedly how I remember how excited I was when I when I first swam 1500 in the pool, because mm-hmm. my goal that first year was to do an Olympic. And uh, yeah, everything after that just sort of dominoed. And like, like so many people who get into triathlon, once you do one <laughs> thing, it sort of begets doing the next. And so did you I get, uh, yeah, did you get the, 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 you know, fire in your belly for wanting the taste of Kona? Oh, Was yeah. that something it like came along as you went? Well, I think what happens is, is it's sort of a progression. So I, you know, I did that first Olympic and you know, soon after that, we were coming to Colorado. And uh, I remember looking and seeing that the difference between an Olympic and a half Ironman, you know, for me, the challenge was the swim. And I remember seeing that uh, the difference between the Olympic and the half Ironman was only a 400 meter difference on the swim. And I said, Oh, well, that's nothing I can do that. So then the question was, I had never run more than 10k. So I, I wasn't sure I could run a half marathon. So I challenged myself and I said, well, if I could run a half marathon, open half marathon in under 145, I'll sign up for a half Ironman. Wow. So I went and I I trained, I spent a few months just actually, I spent like two months training for it because I had done the Olympic at the end of uh, August and I did a half marathon in October. So I spent a couple of months just running and then I went with a friend and we ran it together and I finished in like 143. So it was Oof. like, wow, it was like, I, you know, just cut, just got under. And yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this half Ironman. Mm-hmm. And we were in Colorado for the summer. My wife was doing some uh, training, a fellowship training here. And so I basically just trained all summer and uh, you know, and that's a beautiful, beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, it's a tremendous place to train. And I, yeah. I went to my first ever triathlon camp while we were here down in Colorado Springs. Um, and then we, and then I did the Harvest Moon Half Ironman, which was, oh. or it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, um, Ironman branded event. It was a local, uh, you know, 70 point, 70.3 distance event. Nice. And I did that. And I remember very distinctly finishing the bike and going, there is no way I would ever want to double that distance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, did the run and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I got, I, I can't remember exactly what my time was. I know it was under six hours. It was five, you know, 40 or something. And oh, that's, I that's being, still incredible. Know, yeah. I was quite pleased. And, um, uh, I, uh, you know, finished that. And then we came back to Montreal, um, later and, a friend of mine was diagnosed with um, lymphoma. Mm. And so then I said, so this was in like 2003. And so at that point I was like, you know what? I am going to uh, sign up with team and training and I'm going to raise money for the lymphoma society, uh, the um, leukemia lymphoma society. And I'm going to sign up to do uh, Ironman Canada for, Mm. you know, with team and training. And so I did that. And so that was uh, in 2004, I did my first Ironman. And uh, that was uh, quite an experience. I mean, that, that first of all, that's a, Penticton is just an amazing place to do a race. It's a mm. beautiful Ironman. Uh, it was uh, just, uh, I mean, your first Ironman is just, 
it's I tell people all the time. I mean, like, you know, there are there are seminal events in doing triathlon and like your first finish line of any triathlon is uh, is quite an experience. Your first Ironman finish line is is a whole other level. I can see it in your face right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really it really is. Like, you know, you, like you never forget that. Like, I mean, it, the race didn't go the way I wanted. I mean, I had trained really hard for or at least I thought I had trained really hard for it. But, you know, I mean, and here I was finishing in a time that I wasn't thrilled with, but still, it was just such a great day and it was yeah. it was a wonderful wonderful event. Worth it, worth it in so many ways, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, you know, then we had, you know, I went, I, I said I would never do another one. And of course, after I finished Canada, <laughs> after I finished Canada, I was, I was pretty disappointed. And I think after a couple of weeks, I was like, I have to try this again. And I signed up for Coeur in 2005 mm. and went to Coeur and actually took, um, I think I took like an hour a little bit more than an hour off my time. Oh and, my gosh. And, but I was pretty happy at that point. I was happy. And I was like, that's, said I'm done with Iron Man. We had kids and I was getting real. It was like this is this yeah. has been fun. I've done what I wanted. <laughs> and and I think, you know, if I could go back and do things again, I would do things differently only because the period when, you know, we had kids until so my daughter was born in 2005 and you know, from 2005 till probably 2011, I still tried to be a triathlete. And, you know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard being a triathlete, like at the same kind of level. And I, I listen, I was never that competitive. Um, but I still, you know, I was a middle of the pack, sort of front middle of the pack triathlete. Mm. And I kind of wanted to be more, but it was hard when you had kids and it put a lot of stress on our relationship and our marriage. But I mean, we did fine and we're, we're, we're fine now, but I didn't, yeah. you know, I, of it, course. It's hard. So being a triathlete is selfish. I mean, let's face yeah. it. Yeah. It's a team sport. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that but, I But counsel. you're taking time for yourself and so you have to, like, there's no way you can just wake up and go for the amount of training that you put into, especially when going for a full Ironman. I mean, sometimes it's like how many hours a week, like 20 hours a week that, uh, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week I, on average is what I've heard. And it's not, I'm, I'm trying to include like travel, like some people, you know, we have to travel to get to where we're going to go train and then coming back, the prep, setting everything up and, and, and thinking about that and then balancing family, work, um, life, everything, everything that's being thrown at you. It is, yeah. it is a lot. It is a lot. Well, I counsel my athletes now. I, I'm always like, you have to be realistic, not just about what you want, but about what your family wants. And you have to, like I, I tell all my athletes, if you're considering an Ironman, not a half is you can get by, but if you're considering an Ironman, you have to have a conversation with your wife or a significant other husband, if, it, if it's a woman athlete. And then, um, uh, and then certainly, you know, if your kids are old enough, get your kids involved. Yeah. And um, like, so I, I was out of Ironman for a long time. I just did halves. And then, um, and I was fine with that. It, you know, I, I, which I'm thinking like a lot of people, like a lot of uh, listeners that are beginners or, or uh, you know, coming out back out after a long time, that that's true. Like you do get to a point where you do say, well, I was doing halves. And, and, and if you get to the level of doing a full, a half is almost like you looked at a half marathon or you looked at a full marathon and now you're doing 5k races. Like a half is doable. And then, you know, going to full, you're spending this time and energy and 
But looking at it from the outside, I'm thinking, wow, man, that's impressive that you were doing half Ironman races <clears throat> in the midst of all of that too, right? You know, but you know, Carolyn, it really depends what you want, right? I mean, yeah. like, you know, if you can, if you could squeak out an hour to an hour yeah. and a half a day of training, you can do a half mar a half yeah. Ironman. I love if that. You can, if you could stretch that to two hours a day on average, and most people can find an hour and a half to two hours a day, it just yeah. it just requires prioritization and sacrifice. And I will tell you, I used to do a lot of things that I don't do anymore. I used to play hockey. I used to uh, I used to spend a lot of time reading books and watching TV and stuff. I don't do any of those things anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's those were sacrifices I made willingly because. It, triathlon really did become a major lifestyle gives thing for you me. Something, yeah, yeah, I get a lot out of it. It also has given me something that I give to my kids. Uh, my my youngest, I have twins that are now eleven. They're both very uh, good runners, and the running has become a big thing for them. And uh, you know, my daughter, who's older, she she gets a lot out of seeing uh, you know how I approach difficult. Uh, tasks and and you know so I think it's given my kids a lot and so I, I willingly made those sacrifices and I'm quite content having triathlon fill a lot of time for me uh, so again you can do it but I tell all my athletes to be realistic about what they want out of their you know triathlons and yeah. what they are prepared to give to get those results and the reason I say that is because you know, in 2011, I was faced with, um, uh, I started having hip pain and uh, I ended up uh, needing to have hip surgery. And uh, at the time, the orthopedic surgeon was like, listen, you've got a torn labrum, your hip joint looks pretty bad. Um, you know, normally I would try to do a repair, but because of how, you know, your hip looks like it's degenerated, it, it, you might, this might not, this probably wouldn't work. And so we should probably just do a hip replacement. And I was like, what? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, I think at that point I was 40. Yeah, I was 42. And I was like, no, I'm not prepared to. That's not getting, happening. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, literally yeah. I was in his office, like in tears, begging him to do the surgery. And he eventually agreed. But he told me like, like right off the top, he was like, I cannot guarantee this is going to work. Uh, I will do this, but you have to, you know, be ready for the likelihood that this is going to fail. And so uh, January 2011, I had this procedure done and spent the, the entire year uh, just, uh, excuse me, January 2012, I had a procedure done. I spent the entire year just dedicated to rehab. Uh, I didn't run for a full year. Uh, I did get back to biking though, and uh, biking went really, really well. Um, and, um, my wife then at that point said, you know, no, no guarantees about how long this is going to last. So why don't we try, you should go back and do one Ironman just to sort of, you know, get like a, a last hurrah. And I was like, well, I said, you forget what the training's like. So <laughs> let's, I said, let's. Uh, Are you September, feeling okay? Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> so September, September of 2012, what I did is I said, look, let's schedule a month of training like it's an Ironman of like, you know, 14 hours a week of training and let's see how that works for our family. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I did 14 hours a week of just biking and swimming. And at the end of that, we kind of got together and we said, you know what, we think we can manage this, you know, uh, and so let's, let's do it. And so um, uh, I signed up for Ironman Arizona in 2012. And uh, 
uh, trained, you know, in 2013 and in 2013 went to Arizona and took another hour and a half off of my previous time. So now I'm down to like 1041 at Ironman Arizona and, uh, you know, feeling great. And I'm like, that was great. I'm so excited. And so now I'm done, done with Ironman. Check, (laughs) check, I'm done. Back to halves, back to halves. And after a very, very long uh, time with the same coach and, and, uh, you know, I was now nibbling at the heels of the podium. I was like, I had moved my way up from the middle of the pack. You know, I found like, you know, it had been a long time goal of mine to crack five hours and a half. And uh, as I was training for Ironman Arizona, I finally did it. I got to like four, four fifty uh, at Miami, actually at the seventy point three in Miami. Nice. And so um, now I was really getting close to that. You know, I was finishing. T- you know, eighth and you know seventh in my age group. You're tasting and I really it. wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so I really wanted to get a crack at that and. I'd been with the same coach for many, many years and had great success. He was a huge part of my development. And I, but at that point, I felt like, you know what, I think I need to try something new. So mm. I moved to a different coach and for the 2014 season and uh, really just had a sudden change where all of a sudden my times were coming way down. I had like mm. my fastest time was 4:37, And then I was like, I was just like really doing well. And I finally got on the podium at, um, at Galveston. I was fifth. And anyway, mm. so then for the 2018 season, he suggested I go back to Ironman. And I said, uh, I said, I don't know, I'm kind of done with Ironman. <laughs> I already no, checked that off. <laughs> I think you should better try. I mean, why else, why else are you doing this if not to? I said, look, I've done Ironman. I said, if I'm going to do Ironman, it's really just, at this point, it's only to go to Kona. And I don't think I can get to Kona. And mm-hmm. he said, well, you don't know unless you try. So we came up with a plan. Well, first we talked. So he, my wife, and, my co- and myself, the three of us had a conversation about what it would entail. Yeah. And then I talked with my kids because they're old enough and they all were 100% on board. So we thought of, that I would do Boulder, which was in June of 2018. And that would sort of set me up to see where things were at. And then depending on how that went, I'd sign up for possibly like Louisville in 2018 in the fall. Mm. So 2018 rolls around and I do Boulder and uh, I finish fifth and, uh, and, and, and like, amazingly, there's like two slots in my age group and two of the guys ahead of me already have slots. So that means fourth place got a slot. So I think it was like second place, first and third had slots, second and fourth got slots. And then one of the other age groups didn't take a slot and it rolled to mine. So I ended up getting a slot as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was was totally (laughs) ridiculous. (laughs) So so yeah. What a moment. What a moment. So so now I'm going to Kona, which was like totally ridiculous. So... uh, (laughs) So were now instead like, of doing what? Louisville in October, oh instead of doing Louisville in October, we're going to Kona. So, so yeah, so wow. the, then we uh, decide that's it. We're doing family vacation. Yes, <laughs> change of plans. Yeah, we're changing so. our plans. And um, we, everybody must have been so excited to go. Oh, yeah. It was, right? It was unbelievable. Yeah, wow. it was, what was it that was like? Really unbelievable. <laughs> it was, I, I yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, Mike Riley was the guy giving out the uh, the Kona slot, so it was oh. uh, you know it's, it's pretty special to have him call out your name and absolutely get to go get your, 
get oh my gosh going and yeah it's pretty I mean, my my best friend had won her age group and she was going and so yeah it was pretty um spectacular was, moment something that you you said you know right out the gate from the beginning no no I, I, go Kona what's Kona I'm not I'm not interested in doing the Hawaii I think it's interesting that from the beginning of having that dinner with with your friend there uh and and to then get to that moment where you're like, okay, they're saying my name <laughs> and you're going and to She Kona. was one of the first people I called. I mean, oh. I, I called her and I told her, I said, you are not going to believe where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? Was she she like? just, she was so happy. She awesome. was very, very, yeah, she was thrilled. Yeah, awesome. Was so excited. what, what's Kona like? What was that experience for you? I mean, so funny, another funny story. I have lots of funny stories. Uh, <laughs> Emergency medicine has opened up a lot of doors for me. And one of the doors uh, that it opened is I have worked on cruise ships as a cruise ship physician. And the very first cruise I did was uh, San Diego to Hawaii and back. And so I had been to the big island once before uh, on a cruise. And uh, while there, I had gone for a jog on a Lee drive and I had taken a picture of the, they have a signpost there that's for the start finish of the Ironman. And uh, I, I took that picture and I remember sending an email home and saying like, wow, I wonder if I'll ever get to be here. <gasps> oh, so wow. Now here I am, right? So uh, what's it like? It is unlike anything else. I mean, I, I had done 70.3 Worlds and 70.3 Worlds is a big deal and it's a great experience and I highly recommend it to anybody who gets the chance because it's, <laughs> it's, it's terrific. Um, but Kona is a whole other level. I mean... I was there the last year they did the mass swim start. And honestly, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> so uh, I'm all for the rolling swim start. Yeah. <laughs> the mass swim start is awful. Um, <clears throat> I hope to get back there for the rolling swim start and experience mm. something better. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the swim is great. Um, I mean, you get out of the water and you're just happy to get out of there. Mm-hmm. The bike is, uh, I was lucky. Uh, the year that we did the bike, we did not have the tremendous winds. Uh, so my bike time was, I mean, I'm, my bike is my strength. And so I had a very fast bike. And uh, it, it's like, you know, there's good and bad about that race. I mean, it's very crowded. Uh, everybody tends to be pretty similar abilities so it's like impossible to avoid packs it's like you know you'll hear a lot of things about that race that but you know when I was there I was just there to enjoy myself I wasn't there to win I was there to just experience and enjoy Mm. every single second and I did Mm. and so I loved everything I loved the bike I loved the swim as much as you can and then the run is just horrible I mean the run is just (laughs) It's, I do not thrive in the heat and humidity and that's all it is. And I just remember like, you know, they talk about, I remember like I would watch on TV and I'd watch them talk about the energy lab and I'd be like, I, first of all, I didn't know why, why it was called that for the longest time. There mm-hmm. actually is like a, you know, a thermal geothermal energy lab down there, mm-hmm. which is why it's called that. But it, you know, as far as I could tell, it's called the energy lab because it just sucks every ounce <laughs> of energy out of you to get down there and out again. It is horrendous. You're just running into the worst heat ever. And then you Mm -hmm. turn around and have to climb back out of there. And the people who survive to get out of there, I'm like, it's incredible that people, like I watched the pros run down and out of that thing. And it's just amazing because it's just a death march to get out of there. Um, But then you make the turn, you make the turn to come back to town and um, 
It's incredible. You come, yeah, you come down Polani Drive, and uh, the the hill on Polani, which is hard, and then you make that turn, and you know you're just within the last couple of miles, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you make the turn onto Ali'i, and it's like you know, you, you even though it goes more quickly, you you remember everything. Like mm-hmm. I remember everything about that race. It's uh, it's you know, and I and I do hope to go back. I mean, I I was in Louisville the next year. And, uh, and unfortunately, so was everybody else because there was a lot of extra slots. <laughs> and I had like I had my best race ever, and I and I still finished seventh uh, in my age group, so I was out of the slots. But um, I mean, at like, uh, you know, I didn't care at that point because I, I yeah. you know, sometimes when you go when you can't ever go to an Ironman for a slot, you go yeah. to an Ironman to do your best. And you have your best race and then whatever happens, happens. Because you mm. can't control who else shows up. You can't control the day. You can't control anything else. Mm. And when I went to Louisville in 2019, um, I mean, I had the best day ever. I mean, I took, I took more than an hour off my best marathon time. I took, wow. uh, you know, I took wow. tons of time off my, my overall time, but I didn't get a slot. And yeah. so, you know, whatever. So that just I goes to, I, yeah. Yeah, I and I remember that own. year I went to to um, Sherpa that year for um, my coach's wife and and the swim that year they did they had to uh, pull the swim because of yeah. you know stuff uh, stuff fun stuff in the water um, so you know I think even for her like she was excited she was like looking forward to it she wasn't feeling well that day and she got off the bike which was a cold start and for her you know for us from Miami and uh and came off the bike and was about to get on the run and just she wasn't feeling it that day and again you can't go into a race she's very competitive and she 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 has gone to Kona it's one of her goals to go back and she was bummed but she was like if I keep pushing um on this on this run it's just it's what am I doing? Like, I, I have to think of my health first and, and, and prioritize, prioritize that. So, um, she did end up going to, to China. She, she works traveling all the time and she ended up going to a race in China and, 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 earn, you know, getting a coin, which now, you know, all the races are, are being, um, postponed and thankfully for that, because, um, at first it was like, they're being canceled and now they're being pushed off. But, um, it was very interesting because I'm, uh, well, I'm, I haven't completed a full Ironman yet. I'm not going to say never. Um, and to be able to go spectate and Sherpa and help and see how a full Ironman unfolds and every athlete and, and their mindset and where they are and how they're feeling and, and to respect uh, how each individual, sometimes we kind of say, oh, this person, they've, they've got it all together over there and look at them. They're going for this full Ironman and every individual there, I could feel the energy of like each person was in their own world of what they had to go through and, and make sure they executed hopefully with again, things that are out of your control. You, you have no control who's going to show up the, the weather, the day, that day. And, uh, things that were going to happen. Some people probably thought their swim was going to push them, you know, to propel them into a certain position. So it, it does uh, say a lot about triathletes in general. You have to be really capable of adapting, right? 
Yeah, there's two, you know, I have two sort of anecdotes from that race. You know, the first is uh, the swim for me has become a strength. Uh, interestingly, going from being a non-swimmer uh, to now the swim is, uh, is something that actually gets me to the, towards the top of my age group. Um, and when they canceled the swim, that was a problem for me because, uh, I, I am not the fastest runner and I count on the swim and the bike to give me a bit of a cushion. And there were guys who ran like crazy fast who beat me in Louisville, who I look back at their previous results and see that I'm a much faster swimmer. I would have had probably 10 or 15 minutes on these guys coming off the bike. And that might've made the difference between me, you know, being off the podium and being on the podium. Interesting. But Isn't that you know, crazy? there's so many things that can happen on an, a day of an Ironman. You cannot spend a second worrying about what happened two seconds ago, never mind two hours ago, because you just have to continue to focus on right now and the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as you start letting yourself be distracted by, you know, I mean, there are many times during a race where you'll be like, God, I feel great. And you start calculating like, oh, based on what I'm doing now, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And, and like, if the second you start doing that, you lose focus on the right now and then the wheels come off five minutes later. <laughs> so, you know, That's it's... So true. So that's the, you know, you talk about adaptation. You're absolutely right. Iron Man is all about being in the moment, not letting the past bother you. People, you know, I've had flats in Iron Man. And, you know, if you start fretting or worrying about that, then you're done. Instead, mm -hmm. you just deal with whatever the day gives you and you just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then the second uh, sort of uh, little thing is that, you know, I, I'm always impressed with how Ironman and triathlon in general is just really a communal sport. Um, there was a guy in my age group, for example, who I knew was a very, very strong runner. And he went by me, I don't know, mile five. Uh, and uh, he was running very, very strong. And I caught him at around mile 12 and he was walking. He was not looking good. And I knew that he was, I knew that he could beat me on most days. And as I came up on him, I, mean, I didn't care that we were competitors. I came up on him and I slowed and I started jogging and I said, listen, dude, just, just stick with me for a little bit. See if you get it back and keep going. And, and I mean, I know that I'm potentially hurting myself by doing that, but I don't care because if it was me who was having a bad day, I, I know that somebody would do that for me as well. Yeah. And, you know, you see that on the course all the time. People are yeah. always encouraging each other. People are always, I mean, people would go by me and say, you know, hey, you're looking good. Or, or as I would go by people, I would always encourage them to keep moving. And, you know, that, you know, if you see people having a tough day, you always give them words of encouragement. And that's, that's what I love about the sport. That it's a very communal sport. That people are always out there for each other. And um, yeah, it's just a it's just a really really positive environment to to be in. So yeah, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Jeff, is uh, coaching. So you have triathlon that is a like you're saying communal sport, and and being uh, supportive of of fellow teammates out there. When was it that you got into coaching? Yeah, so I had been involved in the sport for so long, and and when I went to that, I mean, when I first was in Colorado, I went to a CTS camp, and uh, at that same CTS camp, there was a guy there who was writing for 
for, he was doing an article for tra uh, Inside Triathlon Magazine. And we got to talking and uh, I asked him at that time if there was any interest or need for, you know, medical writing in uh, triathlon. And, and he said, um, he didn't know for sure, but he put me in touch with their editors. And over time, I started writing for uh, the Inside Triathlon website. Um, and over the years, I began to do more and more writing, uh, both for Inside Triathlon and then for Triathlete Magazine and then also for uh, Beginner Triathlete, which is another website that I think is still out there. And um, I found it like was really a nice way for me to give back to the sport. I would yeah. answer questions that uh, triathletes would submit and I would write articles. And eventually I even... Um, took a position as uh, one of the medical co-editors for a triathlete magazine in print. And I had a column that would come out and uh, um, that was something I really enjoyed doing. Um, but after I'd been in the sport for like, you know, 15, 16 years, I started to think, um, well, I was at the point in my career also that I was starting to think about, you know, looking forward in terms of, you know, do I want to be doing emergency medicine? You know, when do I want to step back from that? I love my job, but at the same time, I don't want to be working nights and weekends forever. So I um, started to think about a way to be able to step back from emergency medicine. Is there a way I could have a secondary source of income? And, you know, I, I thought, why not leverage the thing I love to create a business uh, for myself? And so coaching seemed like uh, a perfect way to do that. And so I uh, took the uh, Ironman University course in 2017. And then I also have just taken the uh, USAT Level 1 uh, certification. And uh, in 2018, I launched uh, the TriDoc podcast just to get my name out there. And... Um, I started coaching last year uh, and is now, this is now my second full year coaching. Uh, I, coach, I coach triathletes, runners, cyclists, and uh, it's been uh, just a tremendous experience. I love being able to share my experience in the sport over the last 20 years and uh, taking all of the things that I've learned both as an athlete and now as a coach to you know, help other athletes go from, you know, you know, taking all of the things that I've learned in terms of, you know, what you think are your limiters. Like, like I came into the sport thinking I would never be more than a middle of the packer. And now I'm a Kona qualifier. And, and wow. I believe that's true for anybody. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's been, it's been something that uh, has taken my enjoyment of the sport to a whole new level. Incredible. And as you're, as you're telling me all of this and, and your story as well, it, it, it dawned on me, and um, I'm glad that I almost forgot, but obviously we can't in the world in which we live in right now that, you know, we just have been and still are in the middle of, you know, pandemic. And so you start this venture just before, and I just can't think of how ironic and yet not on how like that all happened and fell into place at a time that it was probably supposed to, because you know, you're working in, in, in the fields and thank you, by the way, uh, that we are all so dependent upon daily, um, as a mom of three kids, um, and going to, you know, urgent care last week ourselves, everybody's okay. But you know, it, it's, it's, those positions are, are the frontliners for us. Um, and then at the same time, you know, correlating what you love, your passion and what's now also giving back to people during a time that was 
was really tough, you know, to be told stay home. And, and for some of us that are in the triathlon world or running world and, and endurance sports were to be told you can't, you know, it, 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 or in any field, um, you can't do this or you can't do that. You have to tap into something to keep you going and push you. So it's really amazing, Jeff, that you were able to, to, to go on that venture. What has it been like to be a coach during this time? Well, you know, it's, it, I'm actually really glad you bring that up because, I mean, that's, that's the essence and really the, you know, the answer to the question that is the whole thing of your podcast about why we try. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody who is in multi-sport or any kind of endurance sport has had to kind of deal with that kind of reckoning this year. Why bother with all the training if we don't have start lines? And for me... Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, I think, you know, when races were canceled and deferred and everything else, you know, I went through the same kind of stages of grief as everybody did. And I went through that lack of motivation just like everyone else did. But, you know, you go to work and, you know, you see all of the illness and death that I have to see. Uh, You know, when I come home, I need to not think about that. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter, uh, my 11-year-old, also at the same time as this was all going on, was diagnosed with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma earlier this year. So between her going through chemotherapy and then dealing with with this pandemic and everything else, it's been mentally just incredibly difficult. (laughs) So the why... To say say the least, Jeff, to say the least. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. The why for me is because triathlon, I mean, I say triathlon changed my life and it's so true because triathlon also saves my life, right? I mean, it keeps Mm -hmm. me sane. I mean, I come home and I can get on my bike and get out, even even if it's just on the trainer. I mean, I've, I've always been one to ride on my trainer because it's time efficient for me, but I'll get on my trainer and for two hours or, you know, whatever it is, I don't have to think about cancer. I don't have to think about COVID. I can just spin my legs and just mm-hmm. think about the, you know, that. <laughs> the uh, little avatar, the little yeah. avatar that's in front of me that I'm going to just go. Exactly. I can <laughs> or go whatever. Run. I can, I can yeah. do my weight training. I mean, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. the why for me is because it gives me, you know, physical and mental health. It gives me space, um, you know, and it's, and, and I know there will be a start line in the future. Um, my daughter, by the way, completely in remission. She's doing great. But, uh, you know, and, and it's COVID is really difficult. Uh, I, you know, and listen, what I've had to deal with is nothing compared to people who have lost loved ones. So, you know, I consider myself very fortunate to this point. So, I mean, you know, triathlon is, is you know, is everything to me. Uh, in order to be able to maintain my sanity, maintain my physical mm-hmm. health, and be able to provide for others uh, when I'm at work yeah. in the best possible way. And in terms of coaching, I mean, my athletes have thanked me repeatedly for, for being there for them to be able to provide them with motivation. And I feel like, you know, I, I'm in a great place to be able to provide perspective and provide, you know, good feedback in terms of, hey, look, we're not training for a specific race at this point. We're training for these reasons instead to, you know, to maintain our fitness because there will be a start line at some point and because, you know, there's more to life than just, you know, the gun there, yeah. you know, there's more there's, like every there's day is a start line, you know, yeah. every day, yeah. every day. And, and looking at, at your logo too, is actually seeing the try and, and the lifeline. I mean, 
it, it, it really, it does go hand in hand. And, and it, I'm, I'm extremely uh, excited to, to have connected with you and um, for our listeners to hear your story and the why and your try. Um, I'm going to make sure that I have all your information, Jeff, on, on the podcast show notes and also on all social media so that people can, can learn more about you and, and reach out to you for those pointers that they need, especially right now. And, and hearing it from, from somebody who is not, not just a coach and not just a dad, not just a husband, um, also an ER doctor and understanding that sounds like everything goes hand in hand. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I I look forward to hearing more of the everyday start lines, really. Thank you so much, uh, Carolyn. It was a real pleasure to be here. And I look forward to uh, speaking with you on my podcast sometime soon. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Why We Try podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Until next time.